Welcome to Inked Up, where we dive into the fascinating world of permanent makeup. This podcast is brought to you by Highstoke, your trusted PMU growth partner, helping permanent makeup artists succeed through marketing, branding, and scaling strategies. Join us in each episode as we unravel the secrets of this ever-evolving industry and provide valuable insights to help you thrive as a PMU artist. All right, so we are live. And like I said, we have a very, very exciting guest for you all today. Uh, We have the one and only Lily Ma. Hello. (laughs) Lily. Live. Let's go. Like I was just telling everybody, we have the one and only Lily Ma here. Um, A quick intro. I've known Lily for a couple of years now, and she is a beast. She's, She's amazing. And Lily Ma, for those of you who don't know, she is a master artist, trainer, educator, international speaker. She does so many things. And um, today, Lily, I'm just really excited to go over a little bit about you know your journey, highlighting you as an artist, um, how you got started in this business. And guys, let's make this super engaging too. If you're here right now, show us some love in the comments. Say hi. Yes. Give us a heart. Say hi to Lily. And um, yeah, let's let's kind of take it back from the beginning. I didn't know anything about permanent makeup. All I knew was I loved being in the beauty industry. And that was it. That's all I knew. I knew since I was 12 years old that I loved makeup. And there was nothing else that was going to make me do anything else. And so I knew I loved makeup. I knew I loved making people feel beautiful. And I just kind of stumbled into this business. I When I first started, I did makeup first as a, uh, like a freelance makeup artist did people's makeup and so I had a lot of experience with eyebrow shaping and what we call now eyebrow mapping. So I had really good feedback from my clients at that time that they love my um, eyebrow work because of just makeup. So then I had my brows microbladed and it came out great and I loved what my brows looked like. I loved waking up, feeling beautiful and how confident I felt after microblading. And so I started looking into a program here in Calgary and what essentially happened was I enrolled in the program and I just kind of started one by one doing a client here and there and I really just fell in love with the art. I fell in love with the art first, which is the nano brow technique and the microblading technique and the hair stroke technique. And then eventually I fell in love with the business aspect of it as well. And now flash forward, it's been eight years being in this industry. And it's just so incredible because I started out with microblading and then I went into nano brows and now it's shaded strokes. So what the industry is telling you is that strokes will never go out of style. Strokes will always be in style. And within these eight years, it's just different variations of it. And I just love it. No, no, no that's, that's amazing. So, you know, in such a short span, um, and again, I've been acknowledging and, and observing everything that you've been doing over the past couple of years, but walk us through like the business aspect side of things. Cause I know a little bit about your story, obviously, but to share with everybody here, like the grind and the hustle and the work that you had to put in the beginning. I love the feeling of making people mm. feel beautiful in their own skin. And so I just love that aspect. And with that, knowing what I loved, it just snowballed into so many different avenues of business for me. So when I found out, I think it was maybe client number five that I had done. And so I got clients from um, 
kind of like my friends and family, of course, first. So some people that trusted me, but you know, I did some makeup. So I had a little bit more trust built from doing actual makeup. And so friends, family, and I tattooed them first. And then I think it was client number five. And I was like, wow, I just spent four hours literally doing what I love. And in a blink of an eye, it's been four hours. Like it didn't even feel the same as when I was working at a restaurant as a server. Four hours would feel like an eternity for me at a restaurant as a server. And so that's when I knew right from the beginning that I was going to love what I was gonna do. And from there, I figured out ways to do it more. So how did I do it more? I started to post more on Instagram and I started to find more models, charging really, really cheap, even free at some points for sure. And um, so I would do promotions. What I would do is I would tattoo my client, which was at that time like $100 maybe, even $50 at that point. And I'd be like, hey, so if you love your brows, refer a friend and I'll give you a free touch up. And then just thinking about ways where I can like give them, give my client that I currently have in my chair a some sort of reward for recommending me more of their friends to come to me. So I was just thinking of ways to do that. And one of them is like the referral program. So having them refer their friends to me, I was going to give them a free touch up and I would be like, but if you didn't, I would have to charge like, like $50 for that touch up. And then they're like, okay, I'll just you know and your price is so cheap that like it just makes sense for people to try it out and of course the end tagline is always like why don't you try it like what is holding you back there is nothing to lose from this and from there I started to of course post more get more recommendations offer more discounts more deals and because I touch skin so much and I started to tattoo five days a week I was able to quit my side job which was serving at that time and doing like makeup on the side. I was, I was, I had three jobs at the time and I was able to slowly quit those jobs and do permanent makeup full time. And I remember I was able to, to do that after two years of being certified with permanent makeup. Awesome, and then that that's amazing. And so I, I love that how you always share that it was like the grind and the hustle and so inspiring, especially in the beginning. And you were essentially working in, it was like a home studio for the longest time. Yeah, so out of the eight years that I was tattooing and I had a full blown business, I had 50,000 followers on Instagram at that time. And for five years, I tattooed at my legal home business. Legal. Legal home business. <laughs> I think I need to put the legal in there. <laughs> yeah, so in certain parts of Canada, it is legal and you are able to have a business license within your house and do that legally. So that's what I did. I um, did clients every single day in my basement and I put in the work, saved a lot of money. I'll tell you right now, I saved a lot of money and I had way less headaches. And I mean, if your city allows that, definitely jump into that opportunity. If your city does not, then of course, look into other avenues where you can share a space with somebody so that the cost is a little bit lower to rent a space, like as in like share a spot, like have three days for yourself, three days for someone else or, and vice versa, you know? And so figuring out things that will break down your cost 
so that you make more and at the, and and then from there you can invest in yourself more invest in marketing invest in have more free time over time love it love it so much i and, and I, I love how you bring that up because i feel like especially in this industry what we find a lot is that people are spending a lot of unnecessary expenses when they need to be focusing that time, effort, and energy on actually the things that's getting them money, AKA new clients. So I'm glad that you um, brought that up. I don't know if you guys have seen Lily's social media, but I feel like you have no breaks, all gas, no breaks. It's literally every weekend. If you guys go to everyone, I want everyone after this to go not only follow Lily, but look at her tour dates. It's like one weekend is in like Australia, I know, and then London, but and I mean, Calgary, and then I have Miami. no like, excuses, I have no children. I, I just love what I do, you know, so, and even if you have children, you can still love what you do, but I have no excuses. I work on weekends. Yeah, so let's dive more into the technique, because obviously you'll be at PMU World, you'll be going over um, NanoBrows, and I know you touched a little bit of in the beginning, but what can people yeah. look forward to specifically yeah, with definitely. your presentation? So, how to stretch the skin properly, how to correctly bring the hair flow of the hair strokes into the brow so that you can create a structured look like this, or where Amanda's presentation, we're gonna be creating the fluffy look as well, where some people only want a little bit here and there, and they don't want the full-blown structured brow like me. So if the great thing about knowing the two techniques within our presentation is that we're able to cover both types of clientele because we usually have two types of clientele that walk into the door when they want permanent makeup on their brows. They either want it bold, structured, and almost like an ombre brow, but still hair strokes, or they want it that no one knows, no one knows that they got permanent makeup done, and they want it so soft that you don't see anything, they just want to fill in some gaps. So what our presentation will really go over is really those two techniques, so that you can have that really clean look, which is all the hair strokes are in a nice row in a line, and getting that really clean, healed result, versus the shaded look where you're gonna be able to just fill in gaps and give that never been tattooed kind of look. So that's what we are gonna specialize in in our presentation. Mm, love it, and how do you feel about having Amanda up on stage with you this time? Yeah, definitely. I know that's a very and different structure This is gonna be super exciting. Like, we were doing all of our about. other presentations that we have done together. She's been by my side and helping me um, giving me ideas during my speech and everything like that. So honestly, with her being on stage, it's not going to be any different than what we've seen before. It's going to be, if anything, way better. Way better. Um, we have a question. I think it's going back to your marketing and business advice. Yeah, when you start with cheap prices, question. how do you know when to raise yeah, them to the typical question. prices? And I know is when my great one a month question. is fully booked. Okay, so... If you are at, let's say, 250 price point, and the month of February, you're trying to book out your 250 price price point, and you've done all your marketing, you're saying like, friends, family, let's book, let's book, and half of it's filled. You're, you're only filled from February 1st to February 15th. That's not time to raise your prices. That's not time. You raise your prices when all of February is filled and you're booking into March. Because price, is it is by demand, right? The more demand there is on a product, the higher the price point. Mm. If there's not enough demand, 
then you can't raise the price because there's not enough value for people to want to purchase that at that moment. But demand can be created, right? It's been, it can be created through your work, how you advertise it, how you, how you say what it is in a package deal. And Danny talks about this in his presentation is you can package it in a way that sounds better. That sounds better when they buy something like they buy their nano brows, they get a free touch up, they get free mapping service, they get an aftercare kit. It's the way you package it. And then from there, you can, you know, start to sell a little bit more and then do more clients. But again, it's all by demand. Like if, if you raise your prices a little bit too soon, it actually mm. will kick you in the butt and then you'll find yourself not fully booked out. Yeah. One of my favorite um, things about interviewing Lily is that she's just super blunt. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that yeah. just kind of raise their prices on a whim or they're like, oh, my trainer said I should be charging this much. When yeah. in reality, there's so many variables that yeah. affect them. We have a lot of PMU artists that are really good. That are really good. So we have to start a little bit lower because we have people like Shay Danielle, who is really good. We have people like Hoy Tattoo, who's an expert. Yes, it is a little <laughs> bit harder to charge like $1,000 right away. I love it. Um, so there's two questions. I'm going to ask the first one first. Um, and someone basically said they worked for a year and they didn't make more than 5000 so they want to give up. I think this is a very important um, point to address. So for, let's say, an artist who's been either looking to get into the industry, they're sort of new, or let's say they've been in the game for the past year or so, and they're just not getting any traction, and they're feeling like, you know what, it's not working. Like, what are your yeah, thoughts on, yeah, on that? Yeah, I totally like, what understand sort of advice that. Do you have? I, my first year, I wasn't making, like, a lot of money. If anything, I was breaking even, right? You're breaking even from what you invested in the course, products and then what you actually did for your services right you break even and so first year most businesses break even most businesses so it doesn't matter if it's pmu restaurant or any business you're most likely going to break even because of the investment that was taken to do the service i think it breaks down to you really have to understand and break it down like do you love what you currently do. Do you love this? If you love permanent makeup, you love making people feel beautiful and you love the feeling mm -hmm. that you get after you offer the service to somebody and you love connecting with people, then you should continue this. Because what is the alternative? Making people feel beautiful, offering the service, continuing and not giving up? Or do you go back to your nine to five desk job where you're not going to be giving as much out there and maybe it's not as fulfilling what is the alternative that's where you have to weigh yes money is important it is very important because it's survival right but at the end of the day we have to love what we do in order for us to continue and be 60 and be like why didn't i continue that business i should have i should have done that at that point and that you should never have regrets. So really dig deep down. If you're at that point, at your lowest point, you have to understand and really write down what do you love about this service? What do you love about permanent makeup? What do you love about giving that feeling? And what do you love about your other job? And weigh the options. 
too. That was that was amazing, really. Thank you so much for that. Um, there's a lot of questions around like structure around the event. We'll go into that. We'll have a whole like section that I'm gonna ask Lily questions yeah. about that. So anything around like PME world structure and experience, we'll talk about in, like the next couple of minutes here. Um, but Lily, and anything else to yeah. you know let the audience know in terms of what to look forward to when it comes to your presentation specifically. If with yours. you are really struggling with your healed results and you're not getting 100% retention or 80% retention with your hair strokes, this presentation will help you. Because I really teach basically what I know is that what I know is my product. And I know that the nanobrow technique gives you best retention for all skin types. And that's what you're gonna gain out of this presentation is you're gonna be able to offer hair show techniques to all skin types. You don't have to worry about oily skin. You don't have to worry about mature skin. You don't have to worry about sensitive skin and coffee and all those things that you shouldn't have to worry about. And turning clients away, never again. So when you leave my presentation, you will be 100% sold that you don't ever want a microblade again and you want to pick up that machine and be able to tattoo all skin types. So I microbladed for one year before I transitioned to nanobrows. Yeah. And the one of the reasons I discontinued doing that service was because I was telling clients that I can't do them based on their skin type, based on their age or something like that. I just could not do it. And at that time, I didn't know how to do the shading technique. It was not popular. People didn't want powder brows eight years ago. So I had to turn clients away. And through there, I was like, there has to be a better way. Like I can't turn 50% of my clients away just because I, they are not a candidate for my service then who am I going to tattoo? So then I started researching and I found Alan Spadone on Instagram. And I, he recently followed me, by the way. He's got like 500,000 followers. And he's like a celebrity in Brazil, pretty much. I saw his page and he was doing the nanobrow technique. And this was in 2015 that I saw he was doing the nanobrow technique. I was like, okay, okay. And so I ended up buying a machine and slowly teaching myself that technique. And since then, I never turned back. I never ever wished that I could microblade a set of brows because again, with this technique, you never have to turn people away. Hair strokes stay, 80% retention. It's just, it's just, you don't, who doesn't want to use a PMU machine versus a microblade? There's just so many less variables when you're doing If you're physically and emotionally not ready to tattoo someone because you didn't have the right training or it just was not all together, then at least, at the bare minimum, try eyebrow mapping. Do some eyebrow mapping every single day. Shape someone's brows every single day. Stretch their skin. You know, so it, this is all part of touching someone's face. Because once you get brow mapping like down as a technique and you're not scared of brow mapping and touching their face and stretching their skin and getting up close, then the tattooing part is going to feel less daunting. So I, that's my first suggestion. Touch skin. Stretch skin. Do something with skin. You just got to get in there. I don't know why, but a lot of people, I find my students included, um, don't want to tell their friends and family that they are now tattooing faces for a living. 
And I don't, I don't know why, because this, these are going to be the people that you're going to be tattooing right off the bat and that you need their support. And so what I would do is I would convert my personal Instagram into my business Instagram. Delete all the random pictures you have going out on New Year's Eve. Delete them all. And then change the name to your new business name. And now this is now your business page and all your friends and family is all on there watching. So that's my second tip for you. And the third tip is really, I would try to, um, I would check out the competition in your city um, check out their work compare their pictures and see what they're doing so a lot of people what I see is they're they feel a little bit intimidated by some of the girls in their city that are doing well but when someone's doing well as in like another person they're doing well in permanent makeup and they're doing something good right follow their pattern copy them Copy every single thing they're doing. I know that sounds weird, but it's a blueprint, especially on Instagram. It's a blueprint. So when I first started, I was obviously not good. Not good. You'll see some of my not cute work really soon here. I'll post it. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. I, I'll, I post it. Is it, still, is it still there? I'll, I'll make it my most recent so post now down, for you guys to see. Like 3, it was not good. But then there was people that were really good in my city. And one of them was Hoi Tattoo. She's really good. She started before me and she was very good. And so I started to look at her page and I started to mimic the way that she would take pictures. Because I knew her pictures were working. And so I started to angle it in a way that I knew that she was kind of doing it. And at some point, everyone started doing it the same. You know, so when you see someone that you look up to, that you know that they're doing well, you know they do good work, copy their blueprint. Beautiful. I love that so much. Um, I, love, I also love how you're not in like a, the scarcity mindset, right? And I, every time that we talk, there's always this mentality of like, let's collaborate, let's win together. There's enough piece of the pie for everybody. Let's advance the industry together. And I just love how you always have that approach versus I, I think sometimes there's like this, okay, like there's always this competition versus like, how can we actually work that, together? That is so, um, it shows a lot of empathy and it shows, um, yeah, it just shows a lot to be able to um, let other people also do better than you. Like, I'm good at this. I'm good at nano brows. I'm good at this. But Amanda's going to be good at shaded strokes. And that's fine. Like, she can be the queen of shaded strokes. She can be queen of nano, too. You know, everyone's going to have their thing. And, and that's okay, you know. If every single PMU artist in this world was really, really good, the PMU industry would blow up. Lily, thank you so much for coming on today, hanging out with us. Uh, you guys, you guys cannot miss Lily. Thank you for joining us on this PMU journey. We hope you found inspiration and actionable insights to elevate your career in permanent makeup. To stay updated on the latest trends, tips, and exclusive content, be sure to follow us on social media at Highstroke Media. Don't miss out on our upcoming episodes and exciting PMU news. Until next time, keep creating beauty one stroke at a time.